tell Sunday Guard Joe in Liberia, West Africa, this morning, I want to address you, sir, and tell you that God has blessed you and you're a blessing. And for you to never take your eyes off of him and that he has a plan for you that's different than anything you've learned from your experience there around you and that your gifting is going to make a way for you and for you to dig deep into the things of God, for you to know what to do and for you to have great results. And we here at River Church, we support you, we love you, and we believe in you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Can you go to Hebrews with me, chapter 11? I, I still hadn't renamed this, so we'll just call it that until we change it. Uh, Behold, the dreamer cometh. And we got that out of Genesis uh, with Joseph dreaming a dream and being criticized for his dream and dreaming another dream and telling it and being criticized again. And so his brothers sought to kill him. They didn't kill him because of one brother that said, let's just sell him. Like, that's a really great idea. And uh, the dreamer had his dream come to pass. The Lord gave him the dream and the dream came to pass. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not different for you and me. The Lord has given you a dream, and you're to find it and to tell it, and be criticized for it, be persecuted in it, and pay no attention to that, because it's coming to pass. And in 11, chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is... Faith is. What is faith? What is faith? Faith is. What is it? It is the substance of things hoped for. What is faith? It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. So what is seen in the unseen realm is proof to the seen realm that there's a substance working. What is seen in the unseen realm, you you have seen the dream, but you can't go back and look at it. You can, you can go back and visit it in your memory, but it's not playing like somebody would play in your eyes. But it's proof to the things that are not seen in the seen realm. So the unseen realm is taking precedence or authority or dominance over the seen realm. Matter of fact, that reminds me. Let me read this scripture. Let's see if it fits. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Well, that's good scripture. We should have had that already. For the things which are seen are temporal. The Amplified says temporary, fleeting, and passing away. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So we're talking about the unseen realm having precedence over the seen realm. So you could say seen or heard or experienced. Your life has no for sure until you've accessed the unseen. No, every bad thing that's in your life or 
is looking there or ever even negative thing like you want to sow seed, you want to sow thousands. Sure we do. Sure we do. Help me now. Sure we do. We all in this place have taken the word and let it set us free. Know that truth. And we want to sow thousands. It doesn't mean that we're saying we can't have this and we can't drive that and we're going to be poor so that we can. We're not saying any of that. We're saying we have both of it. We're supplied, we're funded, and we're sowing thousands. And then if you'll keep meditating that as a hilarious, cheerful giver, you'll want to sow millions. It's the thing that you were made for, and so when you access it, it makes you happy. It makes you happy. When the sower is doing what he does, which is sow, he's happy. Now, sometimes people are forced to give or they think uh, it's, uh, what, what does the word say there? Uh, not grudgingly. So they, they give out of some duty or some uh, law or some whatever giving. They give for the wrong reasons. They're not happy. And they don't transact in heaven. We transact in heaven when we're happy. So don't give more than what you can give cheerfully. Don't say, well, I want them to think I'm in and I want them. No, we, we, we're not paying any attention to that. Not, not us as people. We're, we, we let everybody just flow with the Lord. Our job is to declare the truth and your job, my job is to hear the truth, know the truth and get set free. We're not, we don't have an end in mind except to be free. So whatever that means. So what is seen is called an image. What you see, the dream you've had or the dream you're, you're resurrecting from having had is called an image. It's called a lot of other words, but we'll call it in modern vernacular. We'll call it an image. It's something that you have seen. It has form. It has detail. It has uh, uh, all sorts of things about it that if you study the image, you can say, I know what that is. I know what the image is. So how does the image form? Well, after it's formed just by having a dream, if you had a dream and an image came into your heart and you saw something in your dream, if you were going to share that dream, that image, you would do it with words. So we've talked about the dog, the black dog, the tall black dog, the mean black dog, the mean black dog that's getting out of the fence. <laughs> you know, we all can see what we're saying by words. We all have an image. Now, you, you may have a scruffy dog or whatever dog you have, but we could give you enough words that we would all see the exact same image. Well, that's what the word does. The word is images. And they're meant to, they're designed to be heard and transposed into an image that lodges in our heart. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what we speak then becomes what we create. So the image, the dream, comes to pass. If you're willing to speak the image. Are you all here? Now, Dr. Cole said this, Dr. E.L. Cole. He's just really important in my life. He's been gone since 02, but he's written and spoken. And, he, you know, whoever's 
whoever is your savior in your life, you, you, that's who you cling to. Whether it's secular, someone that bailed you out when you were in trouble, and you just never forget them. And so there's all sorts of people in all sorts of people's lives that at a particular time in their life, somebody saved them. They came by with a word or they helped them or whatever, and we don't forget those people. So always remember, if you want to be unforgettable, you're always going to be helping people. That's how we're unforgettable. But Dr. Cole said the most powerful thing that can be done in life, wouldn't you want to know what the most powerful thing you could do in your life would be? He said it's to create an image. The most powerful thing you can do in your life, with your life, is to create an image. And isn't that how we raise children? We create an image. If you, if you, uh, if you tell them, baby, you're beautiful. You're precious. You're, you're, you, you knock them down. You're smart. Remember the, remember the movie The Help? What, what, what did she always tell her? You're, you're smart. You is kind. You is important. And I mean, that, that, that movie impacted me. Because that little girl didn't have a chance to go off the track. Because that's what she heard, that's what she saw, and that's what she believed. So uh, he said the next most powerful thing that can be done in your life is to destroy an image. So we hear of people that uh, raise their children, and maybe you know someone, maybe you are someone that they, your parents or someone told you you'll never amount to anything. You're sorry, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. And those words are impactful because they form an image. And the image is what we see and the image is what we say and the, what we say is what we create. So this is very powerful. You can't just say, well, just confess the word, confess the word. If you don't know what the process is, you'll quit confessing the word or you'll forget it or you'll change it or whatever. But if you know the process, I'm... I'm creating an image in me when I confess the word. By his stripes, I was healed. I see something different than I feel like thunder. I, I feel terrible. The, the doctor says, you're going to die. You're going to, you're going to, it isn't going to be good. That created an image. But then the word says, by stripes, you were healed. You'll live and not die and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. It says. That's a different image. So there's a conflict in all of our lives of some kind as we transition from one image to another, as we replace, as we destroy one image and replace it with another image. It's the most important thing you can do, but it's also one of the most challenging things that we do because our ears are always open and our eyes are always open to seeing things that do not line up with a good future. Our economy right now, our, our culture right now, it makes you think or imagine, I'd hate to be 10 years old right now and have 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years ahead of me in this climate. I will remind you, though, that your grandparents saw Elvis and they thought the world was coming to an end and there was no hope and we're all doomed and all that. So and, and we survived Elvis, didn't we? Hallelujah. And the Beatles, we survived long hair. Y'all don't remember. Well, Susan will remember, of course. And that boys with long hair, it's a revolution. We're all going to hell. 
<laughs> I mean, we did get a little dramatic back then, didn't we? So what we're going to talk about this morning is how religion, religion has created and destroyed images in us that have made us or have deposited something in us that we often can't get rid of. Religion. Religion has uh, taken the born-again man and made him something that the Word is completely contrary to. Some denominations are famous for it, but they don't know it, and you wouldn't know it unless you came out of that and looked back from the truth and said, what is that? Ah, uh, a girl that cuts, used to cut my hair. Uh, I asked her one time. She was in a denomination. I said, what does your pastor minister on? And I said, let, let, me, let me tell you. And I said, he tells you to do good, don't do bad, do the best you can, be kind, be thoughtful, don't be mean, do the best you can, do the best you can. And she said, that's exactly what he says. I says, does he ever talk about being born again? She said, what's that? She was a faithful attender of this church. And I got her born again right there. She, she had an image inside of do the best you can, which means you never know what, if the best you can is good enough on God's standards. I mean, you, you just never know where the line is if you just do the best you can. You wonder if the best you can is his, his uh, best you can. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, slip over there with me, please. Religion has created images of the born-again man ever since Jesus walked the earth. So let's start there. Why are people so mixed up with the same Bible? It's not like, well, I have the Presbyterian version. Do you, what's yours? Oh, I have the Catholic version. Well, I have the Baptist version. No, it's the same. It's the same for everybody. It says the same thing. But in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. So we, we know that. If you get context there, it means if any man be born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That word in the Greek is also translated creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what the Bible says. And if that's all you ever knew about the new birth, that would be the image that you would have inside. You would say, well, I received Jesus and I'm, I'm, I'm in Christed and I'm a new creation. You'd meditate on that, say a new creation. And then you'd, you'd go on and say old things, the old me has passed away. And behold, all things, all things are new. I'm not the same. The Lord obviously destroyed the old man that I was, annihilated him. He's, he doesn't exist anymore. But a new creation inside, same outside, same mind, but inside has been I've, been, I've been gutted and replaced. It's like pulling an engine out of a Chevrolet pickup. It looks like the same. It's still a 62 Chevrolet pickup. 
But instead of having that old 305, it's got a, a 396 or a 427 in it or, or something. It's different. It'll run the wheels off of anything now. And since you and I are helpless in able, being able to determine what happened at the new birth on our own, probably no feelings accompanied your new birth. None happened in mine. It just I believed it. Did y'all just believe it? You just they told you. They told you it was someone you trusted. They said they got it out of the Bible and you, you know, that's good. And so you believed what they said. You're 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 born again. You've been saved, saved from hell and saved to heaven is probably a lot of our experience. But we can't quantify that. We we don't know what that means beyond that. They just said, OK, have a good life. You're going to heaven someday. And that might be all you know about the new birth. The image inside of you is I'm the same as I was because that's what happened. At, they didn't tell me anything. They just said, you're going to heaven. You're not, you're not going to hell if you act right. Oh, if you do right. Now, if you get in trouble and you mess up and you go back on this, we can't tell you what happens. Tell, tell me when I'm getting warm. And so... Uh, we can't quantify it. It's like, I, I'm feeling saved today, but yesterday was a bad day. I was hellbound all day. So it seems like that the creator, the one of the new birth, the beginning of the new birth, he would have to explain it. In other words, if he did it and he's totally responsible for this, he might have something to say about it. Well, he does. And here it is in the Bible. Uh, new creation, new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, that, that helps a little bit. If we don't know this verse right here, if all we know is however you got born again, whatever little experience at five minutes, 15 minutes, maybe sat, someone sat down with you for 20 minutes, and then they threw you in the tank of water, pushed you under. If they liked you, you came up in 10 seconds. If they didn't like you, it was quite a bit longer than that. That's a joke. Come on, y'all. Help me here a little bit. Uh, it creates a vacuum. And if you don't know what happened to you at the new birth, there's a vacuum that's demanding an image of an experience or a transaction. In other words, somebody's going to come by and say, this is what happened. And if you don't have something sitting in that spot, you might believe it. I looked at some other versions because... I've met people, have y'all met people that have, that would explain their born again experience or they'll just say, you say, are, are you saved? Are you born again? Do you have Jesus in your heart? How many have heard this? I've been baptized and they go straight there. And so, you know, that's the image I got. I know I'm saved because I went into the tank. I went into, I went in. And they held me under and I came out and they they shondied me and said in the name of this and you're you're saved. You're going to heaven. And that might be when you walked out of that and got a towel on, that might be the only thing, you know. And so you just know I was baptized. How many of y'all know that's not enough? It's not enough because there's more to that than than uh, that. So you could go anywhere from being totally deceived about the new birth all the way to being the man that uh, uh, is transformed by the renewing of his mind, that he might, uh, what, what does it say? That he might know the good, the perfect, and acceptable will of God. 
So you could be from totally deceived, born again, to totally on top of it and can lead a whole crowd of people through the new birth. What a range that is. We should know something, but it's based on that image that's inside. And then the image gets a little foggier because you get preachers on TV or whatever that say, turn or burn. Get right or get left. And you go, what's that? They told me I was going to go to heaven. Oh, no, brother. Those people are wrong. If you mess up, if you mess up bad enough, the Lord will pluck you out of the, the chosen and put you over here in the hellbound with murderers and serial killers and all that. You, you, that's where you'll go. And so the image changes inside and you've met these people. They're unsettled. I hope. I've heard Christians that have been born again for 70 years. I mean, I had, I had a family member, and I heard him say one time, I hope I've done enough. And it's like, oh, no, you've been in church all my life, a Baptist church, and you hope you've done enough? Well, what is it? Well, it's not just information. It's the image that's always in place and always speaks according to what the image is. And so if the image is wrong, everything else is wrong. So I, I looked up the Amplified and it says any person is engrafted in Christ. When any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. Oh, I have a better image now. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. That helps. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Okay, that helps. A little more information upgrades my image because I feel like a dirty dog still. I feel, you know, if you like chocolate before you got saved, probably you're an M&M person now. Amen. The passion says all that is related to the old order has vanished, has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. The contemporary says the past is forgotten. I like that. The past is forgotten. Well, we all, we've got some past. Nobody in here is squeaky clean saying, I have no past. Your name would be Jesus, and he's not here in a physical form. So we all have a past. Everything is new. The, the better Bible, the better, the best Bible. The BBE says he is in a new world. The old things have come to an end. Oh, the image just got upgraded inside of me. The, the Living Bible says he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. So the word, which, the, which is true, has, has helped me see an image inside of me, in my heart, as it were, in the spirit, that, that sustains me through turn and burn and, you know, if you, if you don't act right, you're going to get, you, you'll, you'll burn and all, all people's opinions. There's a lot of them out there. Turn with me to Ephesians, if you would, chapter two. Let's, let's look at this. We're talking about the image being the most important thing that you will ever create. And you have within you to destroy an image, whether righteous or unrighteous, 
you have that power to destroy that image. So I don't know if you've ever sat in front of a preacher that said we're just worms. I have. Said we're all just worms. Or they may say it this way. We're all sinners. A house full of born again people. And they say we're all sinners. We're all sinners. It's just the grace of God that we're going to heaven. But we're all sinners going to heaven. The theology's kind of messed up from I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. I was a sinner. What? Why is the sinner tag still here? Oh, you misinterpreted and, and misspoke the word of God. And you're allowing for whatever your purposes are to allow me to see myself still as a sinner with no hope. Because if you're born again and they call you a sinner, the, the preacher who, who ought to know if you're still a sinner, then you'll always be a sinner because there's no new new birth. It's just the new birth. Are you all with me? So so we have that image and those those people you go, where are these Christians coming from that don't know anything and that are so guilty and ashamed and cast down? Well, they just came from church where they were born again last week, but this week they're still sinners. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Oh, that's in Hezekiah. No, it's not in the Bible. It's just a perversion of scripture. It's not true. So the image that's inside of me of myself is inaccurate. It's not true. Therefore, everything that I go to do, to acquire, to, to have, it's tainted. Because I'm, I'm just on the grace of God. And if he pulls that thing out at any moment, I'm hell bound in their mind, in their th image. So you wonder. Now, the certain church... I might get in trouble for saying it, but it, and you don't care which one it is, but you might know it. They say, they say that you don't know if you're going to heaven until you die. It's just based on works. And you just never know how the Lord's going to fall on, uh, on when you die, whether they start calculating and add it up and say, Jesus, what do you get? I get 10,042, go to heaven. But 10,043 go to hell. Kick the sucker out. You go, that's not the way it is. That's the way they see it. If you don't know till you die. till you die, And the word doesn't say that. So uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, look what it says in verse 1. Let me just read you the truth. And you, that would be me, that would be us. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That was the was, isn't it? That's who we was. Among whom also we all had our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, by nature, even as others, but God. Verse 4, but God. So we have, we, have a, we have a change here. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. Oh, I'm not a sinner. I was 
But by grace, now I am saved. I'm a new creation and hath raised us up together. Doesn't sound like a sinner and hath raised us up together. What did he do? And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When's the last time you saw a picture of a bunch of sinners sitting with Jesus in the in the heavenlies? You never saw one. They don't go there. They just they just say, ah, oh, we're all sinners. Why? Because they want to get you born again again so they can notch their spiritual belt. Preachers, preachers, preachers. I could get mad at them, but they're just people. So here we are sitting together with Jesus in the heavenly places. Why? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here it is. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. Not of works. Not of works. It's the grace. If it's by works, there's no grace needed. I qualified on my own. I had enough points. I had enough good stuff. I don't need grace if I can earn it. Oh, but you can't earn it. I better take a dab of grace. And, and if you fall short or if you go way over, which nobody ever has, it still takes grace to put you there. So I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I was an old sinner. So here you see the image just by reading Ephesians 2 and 2 Corinthians 5. We see there's an image inside. And I destroy after hearing this over and over. And that would be the case of everybody in this room. Over and over, we've heard, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've believed because of the image that's inside of us. I'm special. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Not you, you old dirty dog. Ah, not of works. Not of my past. Not of, by grace am I saved. Oh, so we're not on the merit system. No, not on the merit system. So I have an image of myself that no matter what I do, I mean, this gets dangerous. This gets where you get to thinking. I know some people that have done some doggone dirty stuff. I, if you went back to what Jesus said about our thoughts being the same as our deeds. Oh, we don't even want to go there. We don't even want to go there. We don't even want to say if our thoughts condemn us. So it must be that, that I'm not an old sinner. That's where y'all say amen. Y'all help me just a little bit. Two o'clock will come and go and you'll say we should have helped. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. Are you right there? Sure you are. Romans chapter 6. We're just making a point here. Not trying to get you full of doctrine, but we're making a point here that you have victory based on, or defeat, based on the image inside of you, not based on how your life's going, or not what somebody is doing, or how, where you work, or, or how much education you have, or, it says in chapter 6, verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, what kind of image does that put inside of you and I? If we, if we meditate it, and take every word, sin shall not have dominion, rulership, lordship, power, authority. We just go through the whole gamut and say, sin has been taken out of the way. 
The sin, Jesus thinks he solved the sin problem. Imagine that. He thinks he solved the sin problem. It's how he thinks. But I'm down here maybe thinking the sin problem's never been solved because I keep sinning. Oh, but if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? It's as if you never sinned. Heaven's posture is, look at my boy. He is blood washed. He has never sinned. How's that, Lord? He's my new creation. I made him myself. Old things, he wasn't. You ought to see the dirty dog he was, but they passed away. Look, all things have become new. What a good boy. I made him my son. And you see that spot over there? Ah, that's where, that's his seat right there. The Lord's here, I'm here, and Johnny Bob's seat's right over here. You mean that boy? Yeah, he's a good one. That's what he thinks about all of us in some form. I've kind of embellished it with a little creative liberty there, but uh, you get the point. That you'll not have a good life. You'll be condemned all the time if you think you're a sinner. If you think you are always in the competition to be good enough to keep yourself over the line, whatever line that is that the Lord has, which he's never detailed it in here. He's never said, ah, two adulteries and you're out. Three lies, it's getting pretty close. We never said that. I wonder why he didn't say that. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So how come most of the churches, I'm not even talking about the heathen, I'm not even talking about unchurched people that are out there that are rough as a cob. I'm not, I'm talking about fine folks in church on Sunday morning. Fine folks. Got a Bible at home. Got the, the, the book, the songbook in the, in the little hootie pie in front of their, their pew. How come they're not free? Because the image inside of them of themselves, I mean, if we could just look, we'd see them. They see themselves as dirty, as condemned, better than some. Now, got to give them that. We're better than those folks down there, those drunks and those addicts and those... Those perverts over that, we're better than them, but still, we don't know. That would be debilitating. Would y'all say that would be hard to live a victorious life? So when you go and minister to them and say, God loves you, <laughs> you just watch them. What's their reaction? You just don't know my life. Are you saved? Oh, yeah, got born again, but you don't know my life. I've, I have failed a few, a few and more times. Well, it don't matter if you're born again. And you can't hardly get anything in them because the image inside of them is so strong. It's what, it's what lights up their whole life or, or empowers their whole life. And they can't, listen, they never get past the image. We never get past the image that's inside us. You may say this and you may uh, allude to that, but in practice... Why are people not, why are Christians not victorious? Because they can't get past the image that's inside. They're raising, they're, they're, they're backsliding, what, whatever causes people to think what they think. They put themselves there, they slid, they slipped, the devil came in, all that sort of stuff. They had bad parenting or no parenting. 
And you'd have good, upright parents that took you to church, but told you all your life, you'll never amount to anything. And that's what you see inside. If your daddy tells you that, son, I know you, I know where you came from, and you'll never amount to anything. How are you going to get past that as a 10-year-old? How are you going to say, no, nope, no, nope, I, I feel righteous? Nobody feels righteous. You have to know you're righteous. So here we are. We've been indoctrinated. We've been brainwashed by religious authorities. And I, just to give you an honest confession, I despise them. They're liars. They're liars. And they do it for their own profit. Not, not, not overtly, not to say, yeah, I'm going to make a lot of money or I'm going to be real important this month because of what I've done. It's just, it's, just, it's just the system. And they buy into the system, but they always all have a Bible, and they all have the Internet now, and they all know or could know people that know the truth. But they stay away from them. Ooh, we don't, we don't mess with those folks. You find somebody that believes that healing passed away, and I'm telling you, they're like a Jehovah Witness or a whatever that can explain any argument that you have about healing is now, and healing, I've, I've been healed myself. They got an argument for everything. I, I ran into a, a guy way long time ago, and I was amazed at the Old Testament scriptures that he had found that proved healing had passed away. I mean, he was sure, and he wasn't having none of me, and there's not much you can do with that. So the, the, the thing is, is the Lord, who we all call upon, deceived or fully tra uh, transformed by the renewing of our mind, we, we all call on him. He wrote a love letter to each one of us and said, I'm not going to mess with you. I'm going to set you straight. I'm going to tell you how much I love you. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with your one and only life. Here's what you can do. If you'll, if you'll read it and believe it, this will be the image inside of you that will cause you to rise up above every circumstance, every situation. But if you choose not to read this and only listen to naysayers, religious people that have always listened to religious people, then you'll be a religious person and you won't have any victory. The image inside will not be changed. And even though you are changed, you will see yourself as, as you were and you will live that life. You, you, you will go to heaven if you're born again. But until then, it'll be just like you thought. Uh, it's hard down here. Life is hard down here. Life is hard down here. And we just got to suffer through it and get to the other side of it. If you would turn with me to Psalm chapter 8. He's preaching real good this morning. Doggone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up if he keeps going. Psalm chapter 8. Now, this is Old Testament, of course. But a lot of the Old Testament is prophetic. You know, Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus. Very prophetic. Psalm 22 talks about the crucifixion. And exactly how that is. So there's prophetic things in the Old Testament, and we're real careful. We don't make doctrine out of Old Testament, but we know it points to the New Testament, and sometimes it's graphic so that we can understand some things that we might not otherwise. Uh, I did a study, and I, I've brought it here. 
And it was week after week about how you can prove the Bible is true and not just say God said it's true, so therefore it's true. You can prove it by science. The Bible said two times in the Old Testament, two or three, that the world is round. And there's nobody back there in that day, Moses and whoever else wrote the Old Testament. They didn't know where the world was or whatever, but God said the world was round. And Galileo and Magellan and uh, Christopher Columbus, they were all facing the, the, the doctrine of a flat earth. And they just said, but it says in the Bible that it's a globe, that it's round, and so we won't fall off. The Bible set is true based on archaeology. Things that are in the Bible. I told you all about uh, a, a vast amount of material that archaeologically had said there is no Hittites. We've never found evidence of the Hittites. The Bible says there's Hittites, but there are no Hittites. It's never been proven. And then one day, someone put a shovel in somewhere else, and there the doggone old Hittites were. Just exactly like the Bible said. Doggone, they messed up everybody's play day. And then uh, uh, we know from history, other, other accounts that document things that they go, we have no record of. The other day I read an archaeology review. Someone sent me the subscription. And I'm just, I chunk it every month. But every month, they said, said, doggone, there's evidence that David really existed. You think? So history confirms what the word says. And then just wisdom. There's other things, but wisdom confirms the Bible. You, you take the Proverbs or, or James and just read it, and you go, well, that's true. And the Bible said it. But anyway, God says his word is true, and we believe it because of that. But even if you don't believe him, you can go to the natural side. In Psalm 8, look what it says. Let's go to verse uh, 3. I'd like to read the whole thing. The psalmist said, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Wow. So if you look up in the sky and you see, wow, did you know there are more than a billion, billion stars? We can only see 10,000, but there's way more. And that you're like, well, this demands a creator. Uh, Son of man, that thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You know the word there for angels is the word Elohim, in the beginning God. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Well, look what it says in the New Living. It says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are people that you should think about them? Mere mortals that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Man, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Well, that changes my worm image. It upgrades it. I, I'm, I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. Doggone, I'm in charge of something. 
The Bible says I'm in charge and the Bible's true. Prove it a hundred ways, but it's true. And I believe it. And the Bible, because I can't feel what's the truth. There's nobody that's living down here that knows the truth. I have to go to what God, who said the truth was him, what he said. And he said, I'm in charge. I'm large and in charge. <laughs> well, do I feel large and in charge? No, I do not. I'm like, oh, Lord, help me balance my checkbook this month. You know, that sort of thing. But he says, you're in charge. Jesus said, heaven and earth, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. He said I was in charge. Uh, um, one of the apostles that wrote the Gospels, <laughs> it's in there. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven will back you up. Oh, I thought God was doing everything. I thought he was in charge. I thought everything was under his control. He said, not so much. He said, if you'll speak to the mountain, you, Michael, you, Justin, you, Melissa, if you will speak to the mountain, the, the, the circumstance in your life, and say to the mountain, you say to the mountain, you say to the mountain, mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, get out of my way, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he or she saith shall come to pass. What will happen, Lord? He or she shall have whatsoever he or she saith. Oh, God, you're in charge. Oh, no, you're not in charge. You're in charge of heaven. And you're in charge of keeping the law, keeping the, the, the sun coming up at the same time and, the, and orbits and all that stuff. But things that just come by. Well, God sent a storm. Did he? Actually, it was just a high-pressure system that got overtaken by a cold front, and the moisture from the Gulf came up, and it caused a storm, and, and it was a natural occurrence from the earth turning, and our systems, are, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Listen to me. The Lord's not in charge of the weather. But one time when they were in the middle of the lake, and it got a little rough out there, and they all said, Lord, cares not that we perish, he said... Oh, you ding-dongs, you little things. Peace be still. And boom, it happened. Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. So he walked on the water. It's never happened since that we know of. Never happened before or since. So I wonder what else is happening before or since. We know that Philip in the eunuch, the word says he was carried to Azotus. That he was boom with the, with the eunuch... Where was he from? Ethiopia, yes. He was from Ethiopia, got him saved, got him baptized. And then, boom, he was in another city. Oh. So there's things down here. So the truth here is, here's, here's my sermon, here's my message. The closer your image is to the truth, the more truth you will operate in. You want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? will get an image inside of you of a hand layer owner that has power in your hands. The word says in three different places that there's, there's lightning coming out of our hands. No, no. Ah, there you go. There's the... So we lay hands on the sick and they recover. Well, I'll try it. Well, it helps if you believe it first inside. It'll happen anyway, but... Uh, 
If you see yourself as someone that's got power over sickness, guess what? That image will, will perform itself, will accomplish itself. So Dr. Cole always said agreement is the place of power. Let's say it together. Agreement is the place of power. Whatever you agree with, that's the amount of power. You, you hook into that power. So if you believe it passed away and the signs and the, the, uh, the apostles and they all passed away and all, you believe all that stuff, you'll have no power because that has no power. It's not true. But if you believe that uh, given it shall be given to you and you act according to that image, which we all have, well, guess what the power is? Agreement is the place of power. You agree with the word, the word will release its power to you. The closer the image inside of you of who you are, I am seated with him in heavenly places. Greater is he that is in me right now than he that I'll face. He always causes me to triumph in him. As he is, the Lord Jesus, so am I. Right here, right, right, little old me, little old never did nothing for nobody good, always had a record. That's me, as he is, right here. Oh, how'd you get that? I started talking the truth, and the truth formed itself inside of me. It's an image that sustains itself. It's who I am. You are who the image inside of you says you are, no matter what this says. As far as your life, if you think you're poor, if you think you if you think oh, we're poor, we don't have nothing. We're never going to have nothing. Boom. Lack just settles down over you. It says we're comfortable right here. We believe we'll stay for a while. But if you're a bill paying, a debt free house owning, car driving believer, guess what? We'll see you driving by. Going to your house. That's how it works. I have, I wrote this down. What you are and what you have is equal to the image inside. So it doesn't matter what you tell us. You can, you can be a bull shooter. Can you say bull shooter in church? I think you can. Forgive us if you can't. But if you want to be someone that just tells stuff, we, we might believe you. But the kingdom doesn't. Because the, the words have a source. And if they're coming out of your bullshooter head and you're just, you're finagling and you're seducing and you're conniving and you're scheming or whatever people do to make other people think there's something they're not, it doesn't matter. Those words will be empty. The Bible calls them clouds without rain. They'll be empty. But if you get this part down in here that does not doubt in his heart but believeth those things which he saith inside of here, She'll come to pass. Something's happening when you speak. When you tell the mountain of sickness, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. And I am not living with you anymore. That's what you'll have. So you can, you can tell us what you want us to know. Oh, I'm spiritual. Yeah, I'm a hot dog from heaven. But you don't believe it inside. You're just schmoozing us. It happens everywhere all the time, all over. We don't care. We don't care. Live your life however you want. But if you want to get something done that we'll follow, that we'll say, I want to be like him, you're going to have to develop this down here inside. 
You're going to have to go home and start talking about by his stripes I am healed. And I lay hands on the sick and they do recover. And I have all sufficiency in all things. And I do, I do abound to every good work. That's me. That's me. He was made poor. He was rich and he was made poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. So you can say that. You can quote it. It's the truth. But you got to keep the quote or the confession, the image former, you got to keep it consistent. You can't tell us, oh, yeah, we're believing God. We're, 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 yeah, we're all over it. And then go home and say, how can we afford to get out of this month's rent? Well, there's a contrary. There's a mix-up. And nothing will settle. The image in here will not form according to this. It'll be a mishmash. The Bible says the double-minded man cannot hope to receive anything from God. So that's why you have a bunch of Christians that are old sinners saved by grace when they're with their buddies, but they want to be a new creature in Christ when they're with you. You can say anything because your mouth will project words out of this thing or out of down here. And there's a gate in there. The good thing is, or the telling thing is, is out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, whatever's big, that's what's coming out. So if you got lack down here, we're going to hear it. Are y'all there? I said, if you've got anything in you in abundance, we will hear it. And if you want to know if somebody's in faith, which we're not judging, we're not judging. Just sit and listen to them. And they'll tell all. Just listen to them for a while. At first, they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, we got our bills paid. Me and Mama, we're doing good. We're believing for this and that and the other. But they'll run out of that pretty soon. And if you just sit there and listen, finally said, man, we got a bill the other day that's just wiped us out. We're thinking about selling and moving and going somewhere else. And you go, okay, that's really you. And we're all there until we develop it, until we change the locale of our words. But the way you change it is you got to put stuff in here. Are we doing that this morning? We're putting things in here that can come out and the mountain will move based on what we just said. I wrote down, you want to know what else I wrote down? Uh, you cannot be, have, or do more than the man inside. Now that's just, that's sobering. But if it's true, it's no need to give up. It just means change the man inside. Change the image of him inside. Put a giddy up on putting this in. Quit running around with people that are poor mouthing and sick all the time and my, my arthritis is this and my, you know, that or that. I mean, we want to help them, but you, you just can't run around with them and hope to be better if they think they're spiritual or if they think there's something. I have so much here, y'all. It's just so good to hear the truth. It gives hope. You can feel hope. I can do that. I, I do have that image. When, when he said that, I doubt, that's me. I got to fix that. And I know how to fix it. It's not like, oh, I got to walk on water and I got to. No, all you got to do is just give yourself to the word. I can do that. And I can shut my pie hole, uh, my mouth. I can shut it about poverty and lack and little and failure. And how are we going to make it? And it's hard. And, and what are we going to do? And the world is coming to an end and the sky is falling. We got we to gotta quit that. Because it's enforcing something inside of us. The real you is hearing that and saying, okay, 
we're in the baking stage. It, we poured the cake into the pan. It was liquid, liquid and everything. But once we put it in the oven to bake it, we can't stir it anymore. It's going to form up and be hard, and we're going to frost it and eat that puppy. So you're coming to a part of your life, we all are, that you're going to need a victory image to meet it and move it out of the way. So if you don't have a victory image, then just like always has been, this thing will overwhelm you. Whatever you're facing, whatever's coming, and there's something coming. Y'all know that in the world you shall have tribulation. So there's always something on the track. And you and I are the ones that decide, I'm through with that mess. I'm through with it. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, I'm just going to take my authority. No, you're not. You're going to do just exactly what is here says to do. Well, I'm going to change this. I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, bless the Lord. I've been raised up together and seated together with him in heavenly places. I'm somebody in him, in him, in him. So what am I going to believe? How I feel, what they say, or what he says? It makes all the difference in the world. So we're just talking about the process of what renewing your mind does. It's not just like I, 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 I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. It's not that. Because you can't just say I'm healed, I'm healed, and I'm healed. Or I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. You've got to put the word in because the word is what transforms us. The word changes us. Not hope, not emotion, not our lusts and our desires. It's the word. I'll read this and then we'll have to quit. Proverbs 18:21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Y'all know that word. The New Living says the tongue can bring death or life. I like the passion. It says your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. So we can't stop it. You can't sit there and guard your mouth all the time. Whatever's in there is going to come out. So if, you, if you're little on the inside, little's coming out. Well, I don't want to be little. Well, you're, little's in your future. If little's inside, little is coming, and it never stops. I want to be big in him. Oh, you got to put big in. you got to put strong in. Strong men finish strong. So we got to strengthen ourselves in, in him. Hallelujah. We'll quit with that. You know I don't want to. <laughs> but should the Lord tarry, Wednesday night we will giddy up again. Because this is what we do. The good news is, the bad news is wrong. We're not afraid to debate anybody about the scriptures. It's not like there's certain hidden little things we don't understand. We understand it all. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying we understand it all, but we know that if we press, we will find the truth. The truth is in here. There's no mysteries that have been unsolved. There's no, what about this? I got you on that. No, it's, there's an answer for everything. And so we just say, yes. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I want to lift up the Lord Jesus who's making everything possible in our life. He's coming for us, y'all. He's coming for us. I, nobody knows. Although I will tell you, it's not like they say. Nobody knows. We're just sitting here and it'll just happen. No, the Word says nobody knows the day or the hour. But after the day... 
You can know. We will know. I hope you have a sense of urgency inside of you about this day that's coming. Even if you're not interested in knowing the, the week or the weekend or the, the month or whatever. We should have an urgency about us that's not like previous generations and not like the 20 years ago for our own selves. This thing is playing out. But if I'm wrong, if I'm totally wrong and he's not coming for 35 years and you and I will already be in the ground and, and then someday raised up through the ground, it doesn't matter. You just got so many days. And if you want to do more, then you got to giddy up. If you're like, whatever, it doesn't matter to me, there's a place in heaven for you. But you'll be back in the kindergarten room. We, we call them toddlers. <laughs> heaven has a toddler room. And you'll, you'll be putting together little things that says, God is love. And you've got to quit hating your brother-in-law. And I mean, it'll be all sorts of things like that. And then there's the millennial reign, where that after seven years of the marriage feast of the Lamb, while the tribulation's going on in earth, we'll be... You think we have good church fellowships. Just wait till we get to that one. And it'll be so fun. And then we'll have a thousand years to rule and reign with Him based on what you did here. That's the thing about going to heaven. It's not based on works, but rewards are absolutely based on works. Entrance into heaven is based on grace, but the rewards are based on what did you do with what he gave you. And you go, well, I don't care. Just to be there will be enough. I know you say that now. You might think that now. But when you get there, you'll say, ah, it would have been easier to serve him than to serve what I was doing. I should have served him. Because look at what those people are doing. They're, they're in charge of cities. And here I am. I'm doing the, I'm doing the, the garbage pickup on 4th Street. <laughs> or whatever. I'm just kidding here. Amen. These are the most exciting times that have ever been. Even in the day of the Lord Jesus, they weren't more exciting than they are right now. They didn't know what we know. So they're held to a different standard than we are. But it's easy to serve Him. If you put Him in, He wants to come out. It's easy to serve the Lord. And so we will. I want to thank you so much for making River Church possible. We're off, aren't we, Barry? I want to thank you so much for making River Church possible. Because it's not me.